0: Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. It is week nine, boys. And this season just continues to deliver absolutely beautiful games. Can we just mention that nine overtime Penn State-Illinois game? I mean, what was that?
1: Ridiculousness, dude. That was that was college football at its finest. I know some people are kind of up in arms about that rule Moving the overtimes to just straight two-point conversions after, what is it, two or three overtimes? I don't know exactly. It's at the third, starting in the
0: third, so it's after
1: two. I mean, it's a little bit gimmicky, but it's also really fun. And that was was such a cool thing to witness. I mean, that was by
2: far the best thing I saw on Saturday. Holy cow, that was amazing. I was late to dinner because of it. (laughs) That's worth it. Exactly. So anyways, let's jump into surprises.
0: Uh, what surprised you the most from this week? We'll start with you, Colt.
2: Hey, you know what? I had no idea that this was going to happen this past weekend. If you were watching the University of Hawaii football game, I don't know if you saw at halftime, Colt Brennan's number fifteen was retired in front of you know the first football game with fans over in the islands, and the Bulls were able to get the win, forty-eight to thirty-four over New Mexico State. So they're now two and zero against New Mexico State this season, so shout out to the University of Hawaii and uh, RIP Colt Brennan.
0: Hey, you love to see that actually, it's a, it's a good move, class move by Hawaii, and then also Utah is retiring um, Aaron Lowe and uh, was it Ty Jordan? Mm-hmm. Yes. Ty
1: Jordan's jerseys
2: Beautiful. this week. So you love to see it. So uh, Aiden, what
1: surprised you the most? Wake Forest and Army combining for 126 points. That was an insane game. Do you guys know what the over-under was? I do. I'm just curious. No. Do you no. guys know? Fifty-three. And you look at Army, right? They're a triple option offense. And generally, when you have a triple option, you know, it's a lot of time of possession, a lot of, like, small little choppy plays that go for big yards, but then it kind of hits a standstill. Army threw the ball 11 times for 140 yards, which is a lot for Army standards. Yeah. Um, And they controlled the game for 42 minutes. Wow. Yet... (laughs) and. Yet what? allowed 70 points How to Wake Forest. Wake Forest won the game 70-56. to 56. Sam Hartman broke the record for most passing yards against Army ever with 458 yards. And like I said, they got absolutely dominated in time of possession, scored in all but one of their drives. They never punted. And I picked Army... To uh, be my upset pick last week, didn't pan out, but they played pretty well. And it actually snapped a 13-game home-winning streak for them. That was
0: kind of surprising. Wake Forest, uh, they showed us something. They showed us something. 70 points, that's no joke. Especially against a decent Army team. And like you said, triple option. Biggest surprise for me, Georgia appears to be the only team with no glaring issues. And they were the team that was on bye this week. Bama looked vulnerable early versus Tennessee. Cincinnati all of a sudden was in a seven-point game late. Ohio State has that loss to Oregon earlier in the year. And Don't they, forget about Oklahoma. They're looking good now. Oklahoma looked worse than Kansas for three quarters. So, I just Georgia looks like they're just going to run through everybody right now.
1: Yeah, it appears that way, but... You never know. It's college football. Road game versus in the swamp this week, so I'm sure we'll hear
0: more about that. Let's go and talk about who's been eating their Wheaties. I'll go first. Uh, I don't think I've given this guy one shout-out all year, BJ Baylor. And he's been been showing out all year, and I actually have failed to give him a shout-out. 19 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. I know Colt's laughing over there. (laughs) Well... You think I have? I don't think I have. I thought
2: you have. I no, think I, you've talked about I think this I guy mentioned,
0: multiple I mentioned times. Yeah, Hayden's a talked times. about oh, okay. BJ beaver. I haven't shouted him out yet. I try to, you know, keep my beaver bias at a minimum. But uh, you imagine keeping your
1: bias away yeah, from this podcast? I was going to say, it's a foreign concept <laughs> That's for ridiculous.
0: Colt. 100%. 100%. Hayden, who you have?
1: I got Drake London. And he is, man, he's on an island right now. He surpassed 1,000 receiving yards against Notre Dame, a game in which USC lost 31 to 16. London had 15 catches for 171 yards. It is a one-man show on that USC offense. His 79 receptions, second most in the nation, and best in the Pac-12 by a wide margin. And I think if he was on a good team, he would be getting some looks for Heisman.
0: Yeah, agreed,
1: agreed. He's insane. Absolutely. Cool. six five is huge, and he's fast.
2: Boys, I got a guy that ate probably two boxes of Wheaties before he stepped out on, <laughs> out on the field at the Rose Bowl this weekend. Okay, Ducks defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay, setting a career high, nine tackles and four and a half tackles for loss. He had two sacks, a forced fumble. This guy is absolutely insane. Uh, if he continues to eat like this for breakfast, you know, he will be getting paid to eat on Sundays. So it looks good.
0: Yeah, uh, you got to specify on Sundays now because of the NIL. So uh, there you go. Cold the National
2: Football League.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Why don't Why don't we keep in your corner? You talk about who's eating their Froot Loops.
2: Froot Loops. Okay. So when I was turning on the TV on I believe Friday night, I was like, Oh, Arizona's finally gonna get their first win of the season against Washington. So the team's up thirteen to nothing at the half. I leave the TV. I walk, you know, across the street, go to my buddy's apartment, and then they weren't leading anymore. What happened? And then I checked the stats. Oh, I know what happened. Will Plummer sucks. He threw two picks and only 62 yards uh, passing, no tutties, 17.1 QBR. This guy is trash, just like the program of
1: Arizona right now.
2: They just keep giving. The They, they keep on <laughs> giving, Arizona being trash.
1: Yeah, that was a fun game to watch at, like, 1 a.m. on the East Coast. I was, I was out in Alabama this weekend, and someone tweeted, if you're watching this game between Arizona – and uh, Washington on the East Coast seek help. So, <laughs> you know, um, college football is college football. But for my Fruit Loops, I'm going to go with the USC coaching staff. And this easily could have been a Hayden's Haters, except I don't mind that USC sucks right now. Mm-hmm. How can you have Drake London, Drake Jackson, Corey Foreman, Keaton Slovis, I know he's kind of a shell of his former self, and just premier talent all over the field and just fail so miserably? They had that their loss to Notre Dame is their fourth double-digit loss this year And I think it's safe to say no one has regressed more than Keaton Slovis over the last couple years And he threw another interception on the road Uh, The team committed nine penalties missed an extra point And then there was some very suspect clock management at the end of the first half USC burned a timeout way too early and ultimately, just got in a situation where the clock ran out and I they weren't that. able to spike spike the ball on time. And just makes you realize, and th- this wasn't all Clay Helton. This was just a systemic issue at USC with just bad coaching all around.
0: Agreed. I mean, when you got a guy like Slovis that looks so good as freshman year, when he doesn't improve the next three years, you got to imagine it's another factor entirely. Um, who's eating their Fruit Loops? It's related to what both you guys talked about. The entire bottom half of the Pac-12. Washington and Arizona looked awful on Friday. That was a pathetic game. Wazoo and USC laid absolute eggs at a conference. Both of them sucked. Cal and Colorado played what shouldn't even be classified as football. That was just such an ugly, ugly game. And so the whole bottom half of the Pac-12, all six of those teams, oh, they are just bad. (laughs) They are bad right now. And what sucks is two of those six were supposed to be pretty dang good this year. Yep. You got USC and Washington. So,
2: (sighs) <laughs> let's go to the big. <laughs> let's go to the big picture. That's that Pac-12 side. You gotta focus on the good part of the point of view, okay? You focus on the bad part <laughs> of the point of view, eh. Exactly. Cole always keeping it philosophical here. We like that. All right.
0: Let's talk about. <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit about conference realignment. Um, first note, and it's something I think is worth mentioning: the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten, who formed an alliance. Everybody made fun of them. It was all silly. None of them have lost any teams during all this. I think that's worth mentioning. But the big development recently is that CUSA, Conference USA, this weekend lost Southern Miss officially. Marshall and Old Dominion are expected to make decisions this week, but they're both expected to go to the Sun Belt. And so that leaves the CUSA with only FIU, Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, UTEP, Western Kentucky, five teams. Guys, is this it for the CUSA?
1: If they don't add anybody, it will be because there's a six-team minimum for the NCAA for you to be a conference So unless they get UMass and UConn, maybe Liberty, they're going to be toast.
2: This is it for the Conference USA. I think Louisiana Tech will probably find a a conference like the Mountain West. They used to be in the WAC back in the day. Um, For those other teams, I don't know. Maybe they go down. Maybe they become an independent. But I think this is it for the Conference USA. You know, back in the day, Houston was once... I believe, in this conference, Mm -hmm. so was Cincinnati, so was UCF at one point. I mean, if you look at, you know, the current premier teams in college football, a lot of them started out small. Louisville was once a Conference USA team. It's true. And so it, it sucks to see the Conference USA probably die, but if you think about it, they were never a BCS bowl team. They were never a New Year's Six bowl team. And so really it's kind of undetermined what the legacy is of the Conference USA. You know, I think the legacy
0: of the CUSA is sort of a stepping stone, yeah. you know, for teams coming into the league, th- making that transition from the FCS to the FBS, maybe getting invites. And, and it was hugely successful. It served its purpose for teams like Louisville, who are in the Power Five. Yep. Cincy and Central Florida just got their invites, or I guess Central Florida, but Houston got their invite as well. So a stepping
1: stone. I think that's what it Absolutely. Like I was going to say a midway point, uh, kind of just an, a, a, an in between. Teams going up and even teams going down. Like I'm pretty sure Rice at one point was actually a pretty good group of five team. I don't know what conference they were in back in the olden days, but they They were in the whack. They were in the whack. Damn. So and they are, you know, on the downturn and then they go to the conference USA. So, you know, it's unfortunate. You never want to see a conference disband. It's kinda of sad when that happens, like when the whack disbanded in the big east. It's it's a bummer. You know, you like having different conferences, you like seeing a bunch of teams but it's you know it's part of the game and it's a sign of the times and yeah. it appears they're on the way out.
0: Yeah, sad for the CUSA. Uh, rest in peace. It's now the the group of four. So uh, <laughs> we'll go. We'll talk about our Week Eight picks. We got three top twenty-five games and an upset pick. Let's start with the one with an interesting stat behind it. Ole Miss at number eighteen, Auburn number ten. Ole Miss, Cole, What's that stat you were talking about? The stat.
2: Um, I completely forgot the stat. But the number I, eighteen. Okay, so the number eighteen team. In the past, what is it? Four weekends has lost. Okay, so you don't want to be the number 18th ranked team. And when you look at this, Auburn's the number 18th ranked team. Now I see Hayden. I don't know if you can show the, the viewers at there. home. Got my war eagle merch on in Auburn shirt. I don't know, bro. That might be a trap. So they're favored by three, and I got Ole Miss just because of that stat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bo Nicks, I think, is the catalyst for Auburn, and. He the was, he's the X factor. He's what makes the thing work. And over the years, over the last couple years that he's been there, he's been very disappointing, I think it's safe to say. But this year, I think he's quietly had one of his, his best season. It's not, still not great. Mm-hmm. But he balled out against Arkansas, okay. 21 to 26, 292 yards, three total touchdowns, obviously provides uh, a threat on his feet as well as through the air. And then Tank Bigsby, the running back. He's very physical, hard downhill runner, and I think uh, when you get him going, that offense is just tough to slow down with, with a, you know, a quick quarterback um, and then the physical running back. And on the flip side, Matt Corral. Beast. And the, and the Ole Miss offense is just a juggernaut. But we've seen in the past Corral is kind of bound to have a clunker. Everyone, uh, every clunker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) He threw like six interceptions against. I think it was (laughs) Arkansas last year. He did. He did. You've never heard clunker. I've
2: never heard. I've heard clunker. I've never heard clunker. I I understand
1: what it means based on the context. So I'm. I'm going to take Auburn. No bias. (laughs) I think they break the 18th ranked curse with the
0: Auburn shirt on. Yeah, pick Auburn. And uh, yeah, war eagle I mean, these are two of my favorite people in college football: Bownext versus Lane Kiffin. This is going to be a game, a must-watch for me. I do have Ole Miss just pulling it out. It's just been a special season for Ole Miss. And, uh, yeah, I think Ole Miss gets the win. Next game, we have Penn State, number 20 in the country. At number 5, Ohio State. This one's going to be interesting for Penn State, coming off a 9 overtime game.
1: It will, and I think they got punished really hard, getting sent all the way down to number 20. Granted, they lost to a terrible team at home. And failed on multiple occasions to win that game but Ohio State red hot CJ Stroud playing like a Heisman candidate and these are two programs heading in different directions Ohio State had a tough loss to Oregon they're on the way up Penn State who knows if James Franklin sticks around after this year I'm gonna take the Buckeyes
2: yeah Ohio State looks super good and Penn State I mean they just played nine overtimes they practically played two games this past weekend there's no way they're going to be ready for this Ohio State team
0: yeah um More on James Franklin after this game, or after I make this pick, um, later in the Pac-12 section, actually. Whoa! Um, But I'm going to, for the sake of chaos, I'm going to pick Penn State in this game. Wow! Um, I, I think Ohio State is rolling. However, I do think that they have some glaring defensive issues that haven't had a chance to be exposed in a while. Penn State is not a trendy pick at all in this game, mostly because of what happened last week. But Sean Clifford was not at 100%. And when Sean Clifford is playing, they were up double digits over Iowa at the half. I think this is a good Penn State team, and I think that, you know, for the sake of chaos, I've got Penn State winning this game. Bud, you're picking against a team that's favored by 18 and a half.
1: Plus oh. 18 and a half. Hey, that's a lot is of my <laughs> oh, That is ridiculous. That's a ridiculous spread. Yeah.
0: So next we got another Big Ten game. This is the game of the week number College Game Day number six, Michigan at number eight, Michigan State. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. (laughs) And the ball is free. This is my favorite game every year because of that. I'll go first because I got another hot take coming at you. I think Michigan is better than this team in in almost every way. I think they're better offensively. They're better coached. They're better defensively. And I was telling Cole, I'm on the Michigan hype train. However, this game game has just not been kind to Jim Harbaugh. So I have Michigan State winning. I have Kenneth Walker getting it done on the ground. I think Michigan State... Pulls off the upset
2: here. He literally just told me yesterday, oh, bro, I'm on the Michigan hype train. And now he's not? No. Michigan's going to win this game. Also, College Game Day will be there, like you said. But so will Big Noon kickoff. Do you guys think that Big Noon kickoff is finally catching up to College Game Day a little bit? No. Not even close. Once
0: Corso is gone, They will course he doesn't have much much (laughs) but once he's gone that it'll start to catch up probably yeah i think
2: michigan finally gets a significant win uh under jim harbaugh and then they'll finally uh you know make their march toward the playoff
1: yeah when you look at this game it's a battle of the running backs or it would appear blake corn kenneth walker but something tells me this game is just going to be crazy and absolutely not what we expect we're going to come in like oh It's going to be 20-17, to but these guys are going to drop like 40 points, and it's going to be crazy. I'm going to take Michigan just because I think their offense is is more well-rounded like you laid out, but really anything could happen in this game.
0: Precisely. All right, let's jump forward to our upset picks. Could be some interesting ones this week. I know Colt was going through and talking about all the teams that have some sketchy games.
2: Yeah, Uh, there's a lot.
0: Colt's the upset master, so we'll start with him. He got another
1: one right last week. I know.
2: You know, I want to go something different than what you guys are probably going to pick. So I always try to think of what you guys might pick and then do something different. So I'm going to go North Carolina over Notre Dame. Notre Dame is favored by three and a half in this one. I got Mack Brown out coaching Brian Kelly in this game. I think North Carolina goes in uh, to Notre Dame. I think they get the dub. I, I think Sam Howell still has a lot left, and I think Notre Dame... Even though they beat USC, USC's not that very good this season. So give me the Tar Heels. Also, I love their colors. Yeah,
0: Tar Heels fell off the face of the earth. So that'd be a big win for them. Hayden?
1: I'm going to go in the SEC here. I've got Mississippi State taking down 12th-ranked Kentucky at home. Mississippi State, they've hit on one upset pick this year. You picked them to beat Texas A&M. Even though Kentucky's coming off a bye, they just got demoralized against Georgia. I mean, there was so much hype, and this happens, you know, you start feeling like, oh, you're on top of the world, and you just get beat like that. I just think they come out sleepwalking in this game. Mississippi State's going to be up to up to the task, and they're going to pull off a stunner at home.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Kentucky's got a Mickey Mouse schedule. They don't deserve to, I don't think they're the 12th best team in the country, and I think they're just sure. there as a byproduct of their wins and losses so far. My upset pick, maybe not an upset pick because the team is favored. As you mentioned earlier, I have Wisconsin beating number 9 Iowa. Iowa betrayed my trust, and uh, this Wisconsin team is going to get Iowa at home, and they're going to have a chance to assert themselves. The offense will be bad in this game. The defense will be good in this game. Those are the two guarantees, and I think Wisconsin wins because they're at home.
1: This is a
2: fun betting weekend. Oh, yeah.
0: Jump around. That's what Wisconsin does. Yes, (laughs) Indeed. Um, We were going to talk about our our overwhelming and underwhelming teams from this year, but I think we put that in our back pocket. We'll save it for, for next week. Um, instead, we'll kick it over to Colt. Do one for the little guy. Wow,
2: sending it to me early. Dang. Yeah, you're know okay. gonna... So, you know what? RIP uh, to Coastal Carolina this past weekend. They fell against App State. Can't say I called it, but I called it. The most. Um, but I want to talk about UTEP, okay? University of Texas at El Paso. They're 6 and 1. Okay, they got a win against New Mexico State, Bethune Cookman. They lost to Boise. They beat New Mexico. They beat Old Dominion. They beat Southern Miss, and they beat Louisiana Tech. Okay, so maybe their schedule's not too hot, but this is the Conference USA, and we wanna talk about this conference. Why, because this is potentially setting up between UTEP and the University of Texas San Antonio in two weeks, probably the last big game in this conference's history. And so that game will probably be for the West Division. UTEP still gotta get through Florida Atlantic this weekend, and that's gonna be on the road. But I don't know if you guys saw that UTEP-UTSA game just got moved to prime time On ESPN2, I mean, stop the presses. Get these guys to college game day. (laughs) That would be awesome. This needs to be a college game day game. You know, this would be a great way for the Conference USA to go out. And I absolutely believe the hype between these two teams. Let's do it. It's just
0: perfect. The stars have aligned. And I think if UTEP gets that win, oh, gorgeous.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm literally looking at an article from my San Antonio and the... (laughs) The fans for both – the fan bases for both UTSA and UTEP are currently vouching to get college game day let to go. go there. That's hype. That would be that would be crazy.
2: And I'm sure there's a rivalry in there somewhere between San oh, Antonio yeah. fans and El Paso fans. Oh,
0: 100%. Two yeah. Texas teams. You love to see that. Uh, thank you, Colt. That was one for the little guy. We've got a lot to talk about. That's the reason I, I cut the national picture a little short. But we've got a lot of coaching parity now. We've got two teams without head coaches in the Pac-12. First team – We've got, let's talk about the smaller guy first. Let's talk about Washington State. All right? This is one that was very close to Cole's heart.
2: Oh, my God, Cole's
0: heart. Um, so let's talk about some of those potential candidates. I'll throw out three that I saw, and you guys can tell me if I missed. There's Jay Norvell from Nevada. He's a big candidate, um, a guy that's turned Nevada around pretty quickly. Um, Alex Grinch is one of the main ones. He's the Oklahoma defensive coordinator. Right now he's formerly the defensive coordinator of Washington State. And then Aaron Best, Eastern Washington Head coach is another one gaining traction. Hayden, I know you're the coach. Guys, Is there anyone
1: I'm missing? Uh, I mean, I some some that I would think would be in there would be like Sonny Dykes and Jeff Trailer, who I know they're in consideration for the Texas Tech job right now. They just fired Matt Wells. It's like the same job. Why wow, is he in Texas Tech? It, I know it's it just seems the Mike Leach. It is. is. Uh, X ex, ex Mike Mike Leach schools. And another one to throw in there might be Brian Brennan at San Jose State. I saw that one. He was heavily considered for the U of A job. I thought he was going to get that job. And there were some shenanigans with the athletic department, but I think any of those listed would be a good fit. And if we a, do we want to pick favorites? Yeah, or? yeah. I, yeah I like right. Alex
0: Grinch. I think he's already been through Washington State's program. He understands. He was there near the Mike Leach era, um, and he's out in Oklahoma. Big name, big name. If Washington State can get him back, lure him back into Pullman, I think that's a really big pickup for them. So I like Alex Grinch
1: to be the guy there. I could see that. he. I had him at two. I had him at two. I think Jay Norvell gets the job. Jay Norvell, former Texas offensive coordinator. He was, a, I believe, an analyst and an assistant at ASU under Todd Graham. Maybe if something happens where Herm Edwards Scandal. gets fired, <laughs> if, so, if something happens, maybe Jay Norvell would hold out for the ASU job to come back to Tempe. but. I think Jay Norvell would be a solid get for the Cougs.
2: Yeah, I initially had Jay Norvell as well. I mean, he's had a winning record at Nevada ever since his uh, first year there. He's gone two and one in bowls. He's also developed Carson Strong, who's now probably a first-round pick in the NFL draft this year, or at least at one point he was. Yeah. Um, but also Brady Hoke. I mean, he could potentially get his start back in the Power Five ranks. He's currently leading San Diego State with an undefeated season. And so he could potentially jump up, too. Brady Hoke, man.
0: That guy is the man that took Michigan's program into the dirt. I know. Uh, before <laughs> Harbaugh. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about the, the bigger one, um, the bigger head coaching job. But maybe the more toxic one, USC. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Mike Tomlin's interview. Yes. But Mike Tomlin, oh when asked about the job, basically just destroyed USC's program by going, you
1: really think I would leave And college football. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He kind of crapped all over college football.
0: Mike Tomlin off the backboard, posterizing college football. And this is what I wanted to talk about with James Franklin. James Franklin, and I think this is pretty telling, he was in his post-game presser or maybe pre-game presser. It was just like the media day before the Ohio State game. Not even anything to do with the Illinois game. And a reporter asked him, um, hey, have you heard anything from the USC job? Like, do you plan on being at Penn State next year? And he said, "Uh, no, I don't know why you would ask me that. All my focus is on Illinois for this week. (laughs) And they play Ohio State this week. And so I think maybe the flustering of maybe thinking subconsciously, he also recently got a new agent. So James Franklin from Penn State. I've heard Matt Campbell's name thrown around. um, Dave Clawson, who's Wake Forest head coach. And I saw a name the other day that made Fisher. I, I did see Jeff Fisher, but the name that made my heart stop was I saw a uh, uh, I saw a Los Angeles article that said Jonathan Smith. I've Walmart. heard that one too. So my heart completely stopped in that moment. But who are you guys thinking?
1: I think one I I'll I'll say a favorite, and it was one that you listed, uh, Lane Kiffin. I've heard in there. I I, I don't know that he would There's go no back. There's no way. I, I, don't, I know. don't know. They
0: hated him. No way.
1: <laughs> But that's a possibility. I mean, you know, he's completely reinvented himself as a coach. Oh, yeah. And then Luke Fickle. I don't know if you mentioned him yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Duh. He's like the top guy. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, and he has a connection to USC's athletic director, Mike Bone, who was formerly at Cincinnati, and I believe he's the one who brought Luke Fickle on. Mm -hmm. So... USC, it's obviously a premier job, but it's also very stressful. And, and Lane Kiffin said it himself in an interview years ago. When you're at USC, you're always on the hot seat. You never can really settle in. But my favorite, I think, would be James Franklin. And I think just the way this season at Penn State might go if they lose to Ohio State just might be a good time. And I think he's kind of – I don't want to say he's peaked because I think Penn State has the potential to be like an Alabama If the right guy gets in there. Yeah. But I just think he's kind of done everything he can do with that program and let him come out here to the Pac-Twelve and and try to build USC and do a juggernaut.
2: Be a great hire for the Pac-Twelve, Colt. Right. I get the Luke Fickle hype and why USC would target him, but I feel like at Cincinnati, if you make the team into, you know, a top twenty five program, you're pretty much overperforming at Cincinnati. Whereas I feel like James Franklin, and I feel like we're all probably gonna agree on this guy. He has had to deal with chaos. I mean, when he first came in to Penn State, that wasn't really you know, ideal, yeah. an ideal environment to go into, and you don't want to even get into that. But he's 65 and 30 at Penn State. And also before that, he turned around Vandy. And so Vandy wasn't good before James Franklin, and Vandy hasn't been good after James Franklin.
0: That and is so, an understatement. That James, is, they have not been a football program. So James
2: Franklin. Franklin, you know, could be the guy that can step into chaos, step into stress. USC has not been, you know, an easy environment of late, and I think he can be the guy to turn it all around.
1: Yeah, I think that
0: interview was very telling for me. That was the uh, the last nail in the coffin. I was like, oh yeah, James Franklin is going to USC. And I, I, think, I think it's a good match. Like you said, he's used to that stressful environment. So and
2: he, uh,
1: yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Um, I I just think we're going to see a lot of, like, swapping amongst, like, four or five jobs. Like, I've heard Dan Mullen might be looking at some other jobs at Florida, and he's a Pennsylvania guy. He's from Pennsylvania. Oh, so man. So, I guarantee you, watch, James Franklin leaves Mullen to Penn State. That'd I be... just, I have a feeling, and then, like, Fickle to Florida well, or I'll, something. Fickle to LSU. <sighs> now, that's got to be uh, yeah. Louisiana's coach's job
0: what's his name Billy Napier, Billy Napier.
1: I've got Billy Napier mm-hmm. there or Dave Aranda
0: anyways let's jump into our week eight picks nobody on bye this week we've got some fantastic Pac-12 matchups um, we'll start with one that is going to be in our very own backyard it's a noon kickoff Hayden the college football gods heard your prayers <laughs>
1: finally oh my gosh no more night games. <laughs> Let's go, yeah. which is
0: good
2: because it's the day before Halloween. Maybe don't want to be at a football game at nine o'clock at night on the eve before Halloween. Exactly,
1: Halloween weekend you gotta you gotta respect it. All right,
0: Wazoo at
2: ASU.
1: This is uh, just a perfect opponent for ASU right now. Coming off a of bye week, you just had a tough loss two weeks ago. Washington State's good, but they're not. You know, they just lost their head coach. Really? We we all know that. ASU's getting healthy. Chase Lucas, Johnny Wilson, maybe Evan Fields will be back. The running backs have had a week to rest. And I just think I think Washington State might pressure ASU a little bit, but I think the Sun Devils will take care of business here.
0: Yeah, forks up. Go Devils. Uh, ASU, there's no way ASU doesn't win this game. It's just They just can't. Um, I don't want to jinx anything, but uh, I just think the way the season has been going, you play a coachless Washington State squad. If they had... Rolovich still there, this could be a scary game. And I think I alluded to that a few weeks ago, but I got the Devils all day. This is going to be the pick of the year. Will he go against Washington State and Jaden Delora, or will he go against ASU? Let's see. So Jaden Delora
2: (laughs) will be on the football field this Saturday. And so this is going to be something I'm so invested in, because I'm going to be rooting for Jaden Delora's success. Also, though, I will be wearing an ASU shirt, rooting for ASU's success. So what I'm hoping is that Jaden Delora goes absolutely berserkos, but then ASU sneaks out a win. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So I'm gonna take ASU because I'd also love to go to a Pac-12 championship game in Vegas and have ASU be there. Fifty-dollar tickets right now. But I want Jaden Delora to go off. So go Delora and go ASU. All right. <laughs> there we, there go. we go. All right. So
0: there we go. You gotta respect Colt going back on his roots, but not really. That was kind of a cop out, but. Next game, this one uh, could get ugly. We've got Colorado <laughs> at number seven, Oregon.
1: You got Oregon still playing for a college football playoff, and then you got Colorado, mm. right? We, what are they playing for? I mean, come on. Probably their last chance to get a win was last week, and I think Oregon, wow. Oregon, uh, they've looked a little disappointing in these seemingly these games they should seemingly win, and I think finally the Ducks are going to just dominate a team for four quarters, and. Uh, Yeah, I don't see Colorado putting up a fight.
2: The Buffaloes are going to get spanked. The Ducks are way too good. The Ducks' defense is good. They find a way to win. Uh, Ducks are favored by 24. Everything points into Oregon's direction, and I'm not going to go against that.
0: Yeah, UCLA, they came out and they punched the Ducks right in the mouth on college game day in Pasadena. Everything was looking good. I even sent a text to the group chat. I was like, good looks on the UCLA picks, boys. Yeah. And, And it almost felt like the Ducks just woke up. And they were like, whoa, what have we been doing the last four weeks? And they just showed up, showed out. They had a great performance. Offense woke up. Defense got stops when they needed. Yeah, I think they're going to smack around this Colorado team. And this is a revitalized, rejuvenated, and healthy Oregon squad. That's the key word there. Um, Next game, we've got um, a a trash can that is on fire on the road versus USC.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow. You're not wrong. That's accurate. You're not wrong. Um, If USC loses this game, they need to forfeit the Mm -hmm. rest of the season.
0: I was gonna say maybe it's a trash can that's on fire on the road versus another trash can that's not yet on fire. Right.
1: It's just you know needs to be addressed. A trash can with Drake London like standing (laughs) defending. (laughs) Exactly. Drake (laughs) London and and yeah, Oscar the Grouch and Drake London the dynamic. Nobody on U of U of A looks like a high school team when they're out there. Who is gonna stop Drake London? Unless Keaton Slovis does what he's done from time to time, wrap up the football with a bow and hand it to U of A like six times, USC is going to win this game handily. And that's an uninspired USC team who has pretty much nothing to play for will still crush U of A.
2: Guys, two weeks ago I picked uh, Arizona to beat Colorado. I will never again pick Arizona to win a football game ever again. So if, even if we do this podcast for the next fifty years, I'll never do that again. Arizona is trash. I've got USC hammering them.
0: Yeah, USC—they better. I mean, they better—they
2: better destroy this team. If it's anything
0: like the Washington performance, like that's just unforgivable for USC. They fire everyone. Fire the fire <laughs> yourself if you're the athletic director. Um, USC by a landslide.
2: I don't know. Maybe they got some nice walk-ons though. U of A. Yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> eh, maybe. Uh, what is it? Dion Sandcastle walks on. <laughs> um, anyways, we've got number 31, Oregon State at California.
1: Oregon State, man. B.J. Baylor. I, uh, and I'm sure, Bud, you were on the hype train before I was, but that guy is so good. Oregon State's offensive so line is so strong. physical, man. I think Cal is going to do everything it can to stop that rushing attack. Which pretty much nobody has been able to do. I thought Utah was gonna at least slow them down last week. Didn't do it. Yeah, hey, I said best best offensive line in the pac twelve and they backed it up. And I think Cal actually might score some points here, but not even close to keep up with Oregon State. And if I remember correctly, Cal is the team that's kind of been a thorn in the side of Oregon State. Or has it been vice versa? Uh it's been vice versa, actually. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Oregon State continues. Cal that had trend. a few
0: wins during the Gary Anderson era, but yeah, Oregon State didn't?
1: Oregon State has been uh
0: they, it's actually hilarious how often we beat Cal. It doesn't matter if they're top 10, top 15, or, or not. We, we just always seem to beat them, which is, I guess, just alluding to my pick. I'll pick Oregon
1: State as well.
2: No way. Oh, no, but you you don't always pick your team, though. I was going to say, right. I'm, not, I'm not cold down oh, the over here.
1: That's true. Um, this is an objective analysis show. Not yeah. for me. Not for me. <laughs> I'm taking
2: Hawaii in everything. Um, is there a guy from Hawaii on Oregon State? Because if uh, there was, uh, I'm taking him. Uh, Oregon State is only favored by one and a half in this game. That's stupid. I don't understand that. Cal is not good that good of a football team, and Oregon State just beat Utah, who's looked really good the past few weeks. This happened like a f- a month ago too, where Oregon State was like favored by only a little bit over like Washington, and I thought Oregon State is gonna hammer Washington. And so I've got the same analysis going into this one. I think Oregon State is gonna actually cover that spread. Uh, I got them beating Cal.
0: Yeah, the only thing that I would say that would validate their the spread being so small, I'm just happy we're favored, to be honest, but it is uh, the fact that our road performances just have not been to the same caliber as Maybe. our home performances have been. Although we do have that road win against USC, so I I do also. Yeah. But our losses, both losses are on the road. So we lost to Wazoo last time we were on the road. So it was
2: not a bad team.
0: They were not a bad team. Um, Second they, in the north. You can hold on to that take. Next, we got biggest game for the South, for ASU, for both these teams, UCLA at Utah. Oh my goodness, this game, it is gonna be a barn burner.
1: The Utes are just a different animal at home. Rice Eccles Stadium, just, there's like some vortexes going on there, because I think if ASU played Utah at home, ASU would have won. And Utah, they, they just, they've like I said, they've got some magic going on up there. DTR, we don't know if he's gonna be healthy for this game. If it, if it is DTR, UCLA has a puncher's chance, and he's going to need to really step it up through the air. He's made some terrible throws this year, but UC, Utah's not going to just let DTR run all over them. And then if it's Garbers, I mean, good luck. Yeah. And then on the other side, Cam Rising has shown flashes, and he looked good against ASU, and to be quite honest, I didn't wasn't able to watch the Oregon State game, so I don't know exactly if he looked good or not. But... He did. He looked pretty good. Okay, he and was, UCLA's, he was UCLA's secondary is just not good. And we saw ASU tore them up. Ricky Pearsall was the unanimous Wheaties boy. So I think the Utes are going to get it done.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, everything points, uh, including DTR. DTR, I don't know if he'll be at 100%. He got injured late. Everything points to Utah winning this game. But I just think back to that game a few weeks ago, UCLA going on the road to Seattle. I know that Washington team is not any good this year, and I'm actually I'm literally changing my pick on the spot. I had Utah come in, I'm gonna take UCLA. Wow. I think I think they go on the road. I think they get an impressive win. Rising, the offense is moving along very nicely right now, but I, I just think UCLA's got that little little extra magic on their season this year. I think they win this one on the road.
2: You know, Budge, I'm gonna agree with you. Uh, wow. UCLA is banged up, but sometimes when you just ha- you just have to say it into existence. Okay. ASU needs UCLA to beat Utah. And so, because of that, UCLA is going to beat Utah because they're looking out for their ASU homies. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how they that, think. That's that, what's going through the room. Did you just room. get
0: actual audio from Chip Kelly for that? Yeah, Chip yeah. Like, Our homies at, at Tempe need us for this game. <laughs> that's what he said. We're going to go out there. We're going to beat these guys for ASU. Yeah. I know, um, <laughs> Madeline. Uh, texted me and was like I need help reading this thing and I was like what and I go over and it's the odds for the UCLA Utah game I'm like why are you looking at this she's like we need Utah to lose and I'm like ah you love to see it she's she's keeping track she knows what's at stake uh last game of the week we got Washington at Stanford this one kind of the middle tier north this year could be interesting
1: it could be and Stanford coming off a bye UW coming off of a just a terrible performance against U of A almost became a meme. They actually yeah. looked pretty good in the fourth quarter. I'm not going to lie. Dylan Morris played just, I mean, there's not words to describe how bad why, why he Why has played. the
0: freshman not gotten a start I yet? Don't,
1: I don't know. Sam Heward is a five-star prospect. I mean, those guys are plug-and-plays. He's one of the only five stars in the whole conference. Exactly. Like, one of, like, five of them. I, I don't get it. There must be some, some, you know, politics going on with Jimmy Lake and Dylan Morris, but... Uh, Terrell Bynum w- was uh, fantastic for the Huskies. He had five catches for 143 yards and a touchdown. So I think they have a little bit of momentum going on that side of the ball. And then Stanford, they're just going to go as Tanner McKee goes. And Washington still has a pretty good defense. So I'm actually going to take the Huskies. Wow. I don't think they're favored. So in an upset on the road against Stanford, I mean, they if you if you base it on the first three quarters, they would probably lose to anyone on their schedule, but I think they turn it around, and they get a sneaky road win here. Cool.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to be a Pac-12 after dark. I think I think this will actually be a really good game. Okay, Stanford, you're right. They're favored by 2.5, but I think Washington will, will get the dub in this one.
0: Wow, interesting thing. I was half expecting the uh, pillow fight, who even cares comment. No, no, you know, no, 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 no. But uh, I have Stanford winning this game. I've liked what I've seen from Stanford this year. It is Pac-12 after dark, but Washington having to go on the road, and we talked about those three quarters. Uh, I think if they... Put out the same three quarters. Stanford's going to put up a heck of a lot more than thirteen on him. So I think uh, the Cardinal get a win here. McKee leads the boys. Uh, and let's jump to your corner, Hayden, for uh, some Haydens haters. Yes,
1: indeed. Just going to talk about. I think college football has a loyalty problem from the player and the coach level, and this might be just a glaringly obvious thing. But I was, you know, in the in the in the spirit of some of the coaching carousel news we've been seeing, I'm, you know, peeking around, seeing what's brewing. Mel Tucker's name is coming up in the LSU job search. And if you guys, I mean, if the listeners aren't familiar with with Mel Tucker's background, he's kind of like screwed over the last two programs he was at. So he was at Georgia as the defensive coordinator. Well, he didn't screw them over, I guess. But he, you know, he, he gets hired at Colorado, it was a sneaky good hire. Has a, a you know relatively successful season there. They went five and seven, but had low expectations. Knocked off ASU, who was a good team that year. And he like just completely denied any allegations that he was going anywhere. And then eventually, Michigan State ponied up and paid him the big bucks. He goes to Michigan State, and here we go again. Two years at Michigan State. He's achieved levels of success that, you know, they haven't seen since the prime years of Mark D'Antonio. And he's going to take the – probably he's going to consider the LSU job. And you look at James Franklin. He's got a pretty good thing going at Penn State. And he might leave for USC just for the sake of leaving. And it just seems like sometimes coaches just – they lack conviction. And I, and, I, and I think the big losers here are the players. The players who – commit to play for a coach you go you walk into a kid's living room you tell them that you're going to shape them as a man and you know you're going to help them get to the next level <laughs> but and then 18
0: million yeah, dollars and, you know,
1: and it's like ah you know the other god other job looks pretty good so i think it's just kind of a crappy part about the business i mean it's fun to do the coaching car- the carousel stuff but you know at the end of the day it just it, it kind of sucks for the players and and it and it makes You know, recruiting and and building a a good, solid foundation of a roster hard when the players feel like, you know, there's a seventy percent chance at best that they're gonna end up playing for that staff for all four years.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And then, you know, the player carousel. Talk about Spencer Rattler. He's basically a free agent right now.
1: Oh yeah. It's gonna be a feeding frenzy.
0: Anyways, uh we'll jump forward and we'll go to fact or fiction. Okay.
2: Um, Oh boy. Here also, r- remind me to claim my ticket for this weekend. Uh, I, know, I haven't, haven't done that yet.
0: Neither have I. It's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Take a deep breath. Uh, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Uh, fact or fiction, I don't know if you guys saw this or if you remember. Jamar Chase, in 2017,
2: okay. committed
0: to the University of Kansas, or Kansas University, whatever it is. No one yeah, cares. Who cares? Yeah. Basketball school. He committed to Kansas in 2017. Five days later, he decommitted and then committed to LSU. So if Jamar Chase went to Kansas in twenty seventeen, the Jayhawks would have made a bowl game by now.
1: No.
2: <laughs> no, and we probably wouldn't have known about him as much. It or just, he would have transferred He would have just sucked.
0: Year. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's a valid take. Fact or fiction I mean, he did he arguably led L, um, LSU to a championship.
2: Yeah, but the, even the, though the visibility, he wasn't even on that
0: wait, he was on that team. He was. He was. Yeah, okay, he the was,
2: visibility that he would get at Kansas though would not be as big. Like, for example, Calvin Turner at the University of Hawaii right now, I think he's a Power 5 player.
1: Really tried to sneak Hawaii <laughs> in. <that>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. All
0: right, fair enough. Fact or fiction, Coastal Carolina doesn't deserve
2: to be ranked still.
1: Yeah, I don't mm, think so. Fact, yeah.
2: They they shouldn't. You're a group of five team and you lost to App State. Ooh, That's not really a good good loss.
0: Exactly. Uh, fact or fi- I think it was more of just like merciful, like, yeah, you've been good for a while. We'll keep you in at 24, which is see, why that's they, the AP did you guys
1: see the AP poll this week? It's not very good. Cincinnati didn't fall, and they barely beat a one a Navy team who's won one game. It's bad. Ugh. It's bad.
2: But we like that, though.
1: Next Cold. next week's like Hayden's it. Haters. will
0: save right. it for them. Fact or fiction, Liberty will find a conference, find a little home, by the time the dust settles on conference realignment.
2: Fact fact, I mean, as long as what, Hugh Freeze is, is there right now, I mean, that's a good program. He has turned that program into something that's legitimate. They should, uh, the Mountain West should look after these guys. Uh, <laughs> Vir- in Virginia. Lynchburg, Virginia, bro. <laughs> just make it
0: happen, okay? <laughs> Imagine the trip from Virginia to Hawaii. My, oh my goodness. You, just, you might as well drive the other, fly the other way <laughs> <laughs> to that point. Unless the earth is flat, we don't know. I, I mean, nowadays it's I so know. convoluted. That's Kyrie Irving. Exactly. Uh, Factor Fiction with the addition, assuming it all goes through, of Southern Miss, Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison, the Sun Belt will be the most exciting group of four conference.
1: Mm-hmm. The group of four is getting compelling, though. It's actually like getting to the level where, you know, they're not just the feeder teams. Like that's exciting football. I'm gonna say f- fiction because I think the American is just gonna be insane as well as the Mountain it's all fun I'm but I'll say, say
2: fiction yeah, I'm gonna say fiction too. I don't think the Americans should even be in the discussion though I think they're not really. I don't think they're gonna even be good anymore really? because If
0: they got North Texas. Well, who do they get I can't even they got a bunch of weird oh, I think
1: Charlotte's on the come up Charlotte Charlotte's on the come up yeah, and but they're they got losing. other teams
2: UCF they're losing Cincinnati they're losing Houston SMU will probably keep Memphis and SMU
0: though is they... I think they'll dip though too be, they did get like more teams than you would have expected which implies they think Memphis right. and SMU are on the fence it's all very interesting uh, fact or fiction Wisconsin is a legit contender in the Big Ten West uh,
1: fiction Uh fact I mean if they're favored against Iowa. They're they're pretty legit.
2: I think Iowa is still a good team. Um, I think Iowa will still win that. Okay.
0: All right. Fact or fiction? We will see at least 3 top 10 teams lose this week. Guaranteed one with the Michigan Michigan State game. So two more essentially.
2: 3 top 10 lose.
0: Okay, let's see let's see what their games are this week.
2: There's 3 I I don't really understand the question. There's 3 top 25 top 25 matchups this week.
0: Top ten. I'm saying oh, top
2: ten. <laughs> so one is guaranteed
0: to happen, hmm. Michigan. Michigan State. You have got Cincinnati at Tulane. You have got Iowa at Wisconsin. You've got Georgia at Florida. You've got Oregon against Colorado. Oklahoma, Texas Tech.
1: I got two. So fiction. I think I think uh, Ole Miss and then one of the Michigan schools.
2: Uh, fact. Uh, <laughs> Texas Tech is beating Oklahoma. Wow. Okay. In, with it no it head coach, they're gonna do it. Throw it in with your guys. All okay. Right. Fair All enough.
0: Right. Fact or fiction? ASU game this week is a must-win game for Herm Edwards. Absolutely fact. 100%. Absolutely. All right, now you'd love to hear it. Kenny Pickett has a legit shot at the Heisman Trophy.
1: Fact. He does. He looks so good. I know Colt. I know think. he looks good, but,
2: like, I, I don't think he has a legit shot. I mean, I think that one of the guys from the SEC are going to win this. He doesn't
0: just look good, like he's playing good. Have you seen his hair? It's beautiful. He, okay.
2: looks, <laughs> he looks good in every
0: every sense of the
1: word. But if, if you put Kenny Pickett on Alabama, if you, like, traded Kenny Pickett for Bryce Young, can you imagine what the stats would be? And, and that's, that's the thing with the Heisman, is it's all about the brand these days. It is, yeah. Like...
0: It... You're if you're competing for the
1: championship, you've got a chance. Yeah, at it. And, Alabama's know. a plug and play. You could be a terrible quarterback. Look at Tua. You know. I, whoa, 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 whoa! Relax. <laughs> I'm just Wait, kidding. I'm Wait, kidding. Tua
2: single-handedly. I mean, not single-handedly, but kind See, of. No. In the <laughs> second <laughs> half, okay, he came in and won a national championship. Are you forgetting Bama. When, he,
0: when he got sacked on first down and almost cost? Are you Bama forgetting the game. his like
2: forty-yard <laughs> pass? Lucky to Devontae Smith? To the future Heisman Trophy winner
0: that bailed him out. That's okay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Wait, someone had to throw that ball. Uh, yeah, and it could have been anyone. It could have been me. I could have thrown Okay. <laughs> fact or fiction. Uh, Iowa State, they stormed the field versus Oklahoma. Big 12 commissioner did not find them, so fact or fiction. Teams should not get fined for storming the field. Fact.
2: Fact. I mean, that's, that's so
0: stupid. one so of the best
2: parts of college football. That and throwing stuff on the field.
0: That almost canceled out that egregious excessive celebration <laughs> uh, penalty that they called on Iowa State. You guys see that? Oh, my
2: goodness. Cole,
0: you're throwing stuff in the field, take. I just remembered that. I
2: had to sneak that in there.
0: (sighs) Anyways, uh, fact or fiction. At Iowa State, on the road, according to a Texas Longhorns defensive back, can't remember his name, don't care, um, he said it was the most difficult place he's ever played at. So, playing on the road versus Iowa State is the most difficult place to play in the Big 12.
1: (sighs) 12. Uh, Recently, I'll say fact.
2: Yeah, of course. Like
1: Oklahoma's lost some games at home. Yeah, exactly. Iowa State—they're—they're they're almost guaranteed to pick somebody off every year at home. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. All yeah. oh, yeah.
1: right, double
0: fact. I wasn't expecting that one. And last but not least, we know which team this will be about: fact or fiction. The Utah State game is a must-win for Todd Graham.
2: Yes. Okay. There's only five games left, and Hawaii needs to find a way to pull off three wins to go to a bowl game here, because when you play 13 games, uh, you got to win seven. And you can only lose six. And so we got to rip off a win against either Utah State, San Diego State, Wyoming. You, you'll get the win over UNLV. And then there's, there's one more for
1: getting I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that's a guarantee. UNLV has actually looked pretty good. They've had They've some, lost. Games. They've oh. some games. They've some games by like a touchdown.
0: Ooh, anyways, let's, uh, let's go to the spelling game. So oh you can stop thinking about Hawaii. Oh, some oh some I'll like. say
1: fiction to the last one, by the way. Oh, okay. gotcha. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <think> Low expectations. <laughs> like what, how much better than are you going to do than Todd Graham? Right, unless I, you bring back like wow. Nor, Bro, like Norm feel, Chow. Right? I don't feel like Todd
2: Graham even Norm wants Chow. to be at UH. <laughs> I feel like he was trying to use yeah. UH as a stepping stone to back into college yeah. football because he took over the program right after UH made the Mountain West Championship game with Rolo. And then I think he was thinking, oh, I've got a quarterback that's already been there, Shevin Cordero. I can just easily walk in there and take this team to the Mountain West Championship, win the conference, and then go play, go coach at USC. It it's anticipating. not working out.
1: Yeah. yeah he I, wasn't anticipating I, I, the I think, high school I think stadium. Kansas State, that job's going to open up soon. Maybe TCU. I think he's going to take one of those jobs in the future. Let him have it. Oh, man. Anyways, the spelling game.
0: Um, Hayden, I usually make you go first, so I'll go first this time. Uh, Cole. Hi. How many have you gotten this year? Two? I've had uh, one and a Mickey Mouse. Yeah, one and a Mickey Mouse. Okay, let's see if you get a non-Mickey Mouse. (laughs) This is an offensive lineman from California. He's a freshman. I seem to always pick the freshman for some reason. I don't know. Um... (laughs) His name is Dylan? Oh, that's no problem. (laughs) Jemtigard.
2: Wow, that one's brutal. Okay, Dylan. D. Correct. Y. Yeah. L. Got it. A. Bazinga. N. Correct. Okay, pronounce the last name again. Jemtigard. Jemtigard. G. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: (laughs) It is. That is unfortunately incorrect, Colt. I'm sorry. J. That is correct. E. Yep. M. Mm
2: hmm. To guard. T. Yes. E. Got it.
0: G. Yep. A. Yep. R. No. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Gem to guard. Cole, you're going to kill me. J E M T E G A. You're all right. A R D. There's two A's. No, <laughs> it's
1: one of those. It was
0: one of those. That has to be like. And I could I could just see your momentum building. You were getting so confident. You got that tough little tease And you were
2: making like your facial reactions. I'm like, uh-huh? <laughs> like oh.
1: <laughs> Anyways, just hey, got a little ahead of yourself. I just knew
0: you weren't gonna get the second A. There's no way. Oh, you Oh,
2: these freshmen.
1: Okay, Colt. If you get this one, we we need to like, I don't. I, this this is might be the most brutal one I've ever picked. <laughs> Dang. No mercy. (laughs) Washington State (laughs) defensive back Alphonse (laughs) Oywok. Wait, Alphonse? Alphonse Oywok. Oywok. Ewok.
0: It's like an Ewok.
2: Okay, Alphonse. A. Wait one second. Yeah. L. Mm -hmm. F. Incorrect. (laughs) Alphonse? Oh, I know what it is then. Fons. A L. P. There you go. H mm-hmm. O mm-hmm.
1: N Z mm-hmm. incorrect oh, oh no is it NSE yeah ah. Alphonse Oywalk you can have a look A-L-P-H-O-N-S-E Oywalk O-Y-W-A-K oh I would have put W-O-K
2: because like a wok you know like when you're <laughs> cooking noodles
1: ramen noodles
0: Uh, well Colt
1: that's the spelling another
0: game. day another O for two eh <sighs> We're going to, let's talk about some mascot matchups. Uh, who won the poll last Dad, week? I really we wanted the
1: Dylan We kid. had another tie? Another a, tie. We, people just cannot figure out. You know, I feel like we almost just have to repost
0: each of these. We haven't posted them on Instagram yet. Yeah. I feel like we could repost them. So, so really, there's just a few groups of three or whatever still alive. Right. Um, which we can do that later. But let, sure. let's talk about the, uh, not the, uh, the Pioneer, right? Is that what it is this week?
1: Yeah, we're in the Pioneer League. Okay. I'll go ahead and list us off. The Butler Bulldogs. The Drake Bulldogs, the Davidson Wildcats. If you say Bulldogs again, I'm going to lose it. Okay, that's all all for the Bulldogs. Uh, The Davidson Wildcats, the Dayton Flyers. It's a pilot. The Marist Red Foxes, the Moorhead State Eagles, our good friends at Presbyterian, the Blue Hoes. Yo! (laughs) Making a reappearance. Um, And just to confirm... They're referring to like the blue socks they would wear. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I was thinking. Maybe, blue right. hose? Yeah. Wait, why are the
2: blue hose back?
1: Because we, we referenced them uh, like in the first oh, episode. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you mean, Cole, are you forgetting already?
2: No, I, I thought we already covered that conference. No.
1: No? Then we got the San Diego Toreros, the Stetson Hatters. Now this Whoa. is going to take a minute to explain. What? The school is named after John B. Stetson, who was a famous hat manufacturer and their mascot is just a guy with a fancy hat.
2: Ah. Okay, so it's very
1: uh, intimidating. And then we have the Valparaiso Beacons. The mascot is like a like a knight. And then the St. Thomas Tommies. <laughs> 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 How creative. The mascot's a lion, but you can't give them credit for you can't you just can't do that. Don't underestimate the power of a Tommy. Okay, I mean. So we gotta go with what the name is. It's it, a yeah, just people named Tommy or the lion named. Okay, Tommy. Okay, so the
0: bulldogs cancel out, right? That's what yeah. usually what we do here. Bulldogs cancel each other out. Um, let's see what we got here. The Toros. Well, that was San Diego, right? Yeah, Tommy was a really terrero, good. The Toreros. Toreros. Sorry. Was... Is is
1: that like a like a bull?
0: No, because a Toro is a bull. A there's no
2: way the Blue Hose don't make it into the final four. Yeah,
0: book book the Blue Hose A Torero is a bullfighter. Okay, a flyer versus a hatter. A guy with a fancy hat is not doing not I jack diddly. I just Another
1: there's... bulldog? No, we have two bulldogs. Wait,
0: wait, did you just said Torero is a bulldog, though?
1: No, it's a bullfighter. Oh. So it's like the guys who, you know, wave the...
0: Okay, a bullfighter yeah. is beating a hat a hatter. Yeah. <laughs> and a flyer. Wait, what is a flyer? It's a pilot. A pilot. Oh, it's
2: a a pilot,
0: or is it the whole plane? I no, know it's the, a pilot. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, um, I like I like the bullfighter in those. I mean, the Tommy is a tiger or a lion.
1: The lion.
2: <laughs> the, pilot, <laughs> the pilot is in.
1: But they're not the lions. They're the <laughs> Tommies. You know? I mean, you take the pilot out of his plane.
0: Yeah, what? <laughs> just anyone named Tommy or every, anyone it? named
1: Tommy. Okay. I mean, that's what we have to. We can't so, give them credit for right. naming the,
0: the team. So if you pick one, no, 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 it's not all. They pick one Tommy at random.
1: No, no,
2: no. All the Tommies in the world together, is plural. <laughs> no. Every.
1: Well, that's not fair. How many
0: people? No, because when we call somebody the Wild Cats, we just do one Wildcat. No, right. but this so one is Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, it's Zuh. Zuh. Bro, Wild Cats, Zuh. Like what? Okay. okay. <laughs> Did you not hear what I just said? <laughs>
2: okay. The total population of people named Tommy, cool. 133,000. Okay, so they're
0: picking from that pool of 133,000 of one okay. Tommy. One Tommy. I'd say the odds are that Tommy's scrawny and a loser right. and probably going to get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Tommys wow. out there. Wow. I think Tommy dies. And then, <laughs> so so we've got what? Blue Hose, uh, uh, Flyers, and we need
1: one more. So we got the... The, the, the Beacons. Blue Hose, the Beacons... The, are we, are, the Torero. Get rid of the Torero. Oh, wait, the Torero
0: beats. we we got to have the Torero. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think Torero, Flyer, Blue Hose. I think that's a good call, right? As long as the Blue Hose are in there. All right. All right. right. Well, that wraps it up. Uh, (laughs) Our mascot matchups for today. We have reached uh, the end of the episode.
2: Uh, Boys, week nine. What are you looking forward to the most?
1: Sun Devil victory, baby. Let's go.
2: I'm looking forward to seeing Jaden Delora in person. You know, once again, I saw him play in high school for St. Louis, and uh, he tore up my high school. Hey, what, what about Ben Scott? Didn't Ben Scott go to St. Yeah, Louis? Yeah, Ben Scott went to St. Louis. Yeah, but, so you uh, got a little Hawaii connection but the there. But Jayden Delora's the, the QB. Yeah, right? uh,
0: all right. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, what I will say is uh, these next two weeks, Oregon State on the road versus Cal, Colorado, they will determine if Oregon State is going to have one of their best seasons since I've been alive, or they'll just have a solid season. So I'm hyped. I'm ready. I don't want to lose I'm ready for the Beeves to do something, to make some magic on the field. My hype speech from a few weeks ago, it still stands, still stands here. Big Let's win. See? All right, that's all we got. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber, and I'm Colt Donaldova. And with that, we wave goodbye.